Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Wimbledon, just around the corner. Now, Sammy, I know know you're big about grass, but... We talked about this last year and we just left it a little bit too late to be talking to, to Wimbledon. So you've got them. Tell us tell us what the story is. How did we end here? Yes, Steph. So here's a story. You know how obsessed I am with lawns. Everyone knows how obsessed I am with uh, obsessed I am with lawns and grass. And often when I'm watching Wimbledon, I spend more time looking at the courts and admiring them than I do actually watching the tennis. Uh, and you remember last year, I think uh, the way this came about was you said to me... Um, or I said to you, you will not find someone more obsessed with grass than me. And you said, uh, well, how about the person who looks after Wimbledon? And that got us thinking and gave us an idea and thought, well, maybe we should talk to uh, the lead grounds person, groundsman at Wimbledon. So I beavered away. I got on uh, social media. I went down my dark internet holes. I sleuthed away. And I found Will Briley, who is the senior groundsman at Wimbledon. He's agreed to come on ahead of Wimbledon, which kicks off next week. And he's on the line now. Uh, G'day, Will. Good morning, Sam. How are you doing? Oh, mate, I'm doing fantastically well. Um, so many questions uh, I want to ask you, and we want to know uh, the answers to. Um, but firstly, when most people, you know, uh, are, are a bit younger, they dream of being a, a, a firefighter or an engineer or a builder, whatever it might be. At what point did uh, did Will Briley uh, dream of becoming the senior groundsman at Wimbledon? <laughs> Uh, well, I've always had a love of sport. Um, big football fan, uh, Liverpool FC. Um, and unfortunately, I was just never good enough to make it as a, a professional player in any capacity whatsoever. So I figured what was the best way of getting into sport and being in and around it. Um, so I spent a little bit of time after school having a look at uh, courses and found a national diploma in sports turf management. Um, and spent two years studying uh, with the full intention of going into football, hopefully. Uh, and from there, I sort of did a, a summer at a tennis club in Manchester, uh, the Northern Lawn Tennis Club. Um, and the head groundsman there, who had been a seasonal at Wimbledon in the past, knew that I had a six-month placement to undertake at the end of my course and sort of said, if you want to go to Wimbledon, I'll put a word in for you. Um, and that just seemed like a complete no-brainer, really. Um, so, yeah, in 2005, I came here as a seasonal member of the team uh, to do my six-month placement. And as soon as I walked in the grounds, um, there was just that wow factor. It was uh, completely unlike anything I'd seen before. You know, you go to football grounds, but that's just it. It's a stadium around a pitch. When you walk into Wimbledon, it's a whole experience. Um, and that just took me away and... I knew from the moment that I walked in, I wanted to be a part of the full-time team. And, uh, yeah, very fortunate that uh, in 2006, I was taken on full-time. And in 2012, uh, I was made senior groundsman for the championship court. So it's been a bit of a ride over the last 17 years, um, but very enjoyable one at that. 
Mm, I think anyone walking into uh, into a place like Wimbledon, mate, would have that same sense of, of awe. Um, so one thing that I think a lot of people probably ask you, um, how full-time is it? You know, is it, is it all year round? Does it just ramp up, you know, before Wimbledon? How many staff do you have? What, what's the operation sort of look like across a year? Um, yeah, so that's a question we get asked quite a lot is what do you do the other 50 weeks of the year? Um, but we are first and foremost a members club who are the host venue for the championships. Um, so we're always producing courts, be that grass through the playing season or clear our indoor courts for the members through the winter. Um, so it is a full-time job. Um, but as I say about the seasonals, um, that grass court season can get very busy. So we uh, take on an additional 12 um, seasonal staff from April through to October. And they'll come from all over the world, from Australia, from New Zealand, uh, from America and mainland Europe. Um, uh, it's really good networking opportunity and it's great to see groundsmanship uh, all over the world just sees Wimbledon as such a prestigious venue and uh, such an opportunity to come and work here. But it also gives our staff the opportunity to make friendships all over the world and sort of do little job reversals where they've been and worked abroad as well. So um, it's a brilliant opportunity, as I say. Okay, so lots of stuff going on all year round, but uh, I'm almost certain, uh, Will, that Wimbledon is, is circled on the calendar. That is the big one that you work towards. Is it a matter of just maintaining the surfaces throughout the year, you know, as best you can before you get to Wimbledon, or does do things really ramp up as as the championship draws near? Do you know do, do the lawns get an extra mow? Is there an extra lot of fertilizer? Are they uh, sort of off limits for a couple of weeks beforehand? How does that work? Yeah, definitely. You know, the uh, the championships is the the jewel in the crown here, um, and we do have to prepare the courts according to making sure that they are going to be the best playable courts for professional players. Um, in terms of mowing extra, we do that purely because the summer season here means that the grass grows more anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be mowing our courts at eight millimeters um, from the start of our playing season which is in mid-May for our members. Um, and I think that's something that shocks people is that actually our members play on our grass courts before the championships. Um, so we're always preparing those courts. And then we look at our fertiliser regimes um, and just about how we get the best control so that we make sure that on day one when the players turn up and everybody's watching, the courts are in as pristine condition as possible. Um, and... You know, all the sort of fertiliser applications are just about coming out of the plant to make sure that the grass isn't too lush um, and that we're at perfect conditions. There is a lot of science behind it as well as just pushing a little more around. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, thankfully we've got a great team here. I've been very fortunate to work under two excellent bosses in um, Eddie Seward and Nick currently Neil Stubbley, who support the team so much in um, opening up to ideas and um, everybody's always got that common purpose of just trying to find that extra percentage every year to improve the courts. So it's a brilliant place to be um, when you're building up to the championships. Another question that a lot of people will want to know, Will, and I'm sure you do get asked this one as well a lot, um, how does the surface differ from 
you know, other sports fields, a, a golf green, a, a football field, and a lot of people listening here are probably thinking they can achieve a Wimbledon-type finish on their uh, on their backyard. But how how does the actual, I guess, turf and the management differ from from some other sports fields? Yeah, so again, it's um, you know, all different sports need different grasses. Um, back in '92, when Eddie Seward took over here. Um, he started looking at what would be the best grasses for tennis and brought in a company called the STRI, which is the Sports Turf Research Institute, who, who now run the best grasses for tennis trials for us and have done since 92. So we're always looking. So back then we had um, a perennial ryegrass mixed in with fescues and bents, which is fairly common for a golf green, um, but not so much for tennis courts because the fescues and bents don't really take the um, stress of a championships. They don't take the wear of players as well as the ryegrass does. So it was fairly early on decided that perennial ryegrass was going to be uh, the main component to our courts. Uh, and so that was all changed uh, just to try and aid grass courts to be uh, to have more longevity throughout the tournament. Um, and so, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're putting our grass under quite high stress. So we need to make sure that it is fairly drought tolerant, uh, is fairly wear tolerant. Um, and we're stress tolerant because we're keeping it so low all the time. Um, whereas football, for example, they'll still be using perennial rye, but it doesn't need to be as stress tolerant because, um, Obviously, they're not just playing in one specific area. They're all over the pitch, um, and they'll be um, just working through that. In terms of the tournament itself, Will, and the two weeks uh, of Wimbledon, how much of it for you and your team is simply implementing a strategy or, or a plan that you've put in place for the whole year building up to it versus having to react? Is there an element of that during the tournament where you've got to react to, you know, possibilities or situations that maybe you didn't plan for? Uh, it's fairly similar from year to year, but we are always, we have to be reactive. You know, one of our mottos is to control the controllables and that's what we do year round. We're always planning for the championships. We're always planning for the best way of maintaining the courts. Um, but you will get instances, you, you know, there's a potential of a rogue shower coming through that just doesn't show on anybody's weather radar or, your potential of uh, racket damage from players. And it's just about how quickly you can react to that um, and what we do. Um, but thankfully, like I say, we're doing a lot of planning all the time and we have a lot of processes in place that means that we can react to those issues swiftly and uh, rectify any problems that do arise. How much player feedback um, do you get, Will? Do you... Do you get a lot from them after they've played on it or before they've played on it? And, and I imagine that the losers probably have more to say than the winners. But do you do you work in a lot of the feedback you get from the players? Yeah, definitely. Um, this week is probably the best week for that. So uh, we have what we call our practice week this week. Um, so from Saturday just gone, we have the players in practicing on the practice courts. And today, actually, they'll be starting four days of practice on the championship courts. Uh, and they're limited to the amount of time that they're actually allowed to practice on the championship courts. Obviously, we're looking to 
maintain them and make sure that they still look uh, nice and presentable for day one. So when we go and tell players that that's their time up, um, then we're able to chat to them and just get a little bit of feedback, see how they feel it's been playing. Um, but we're quite fortunate in that our membership has quite a lot of tennis pedigree. Um, so even before now, we're speaking to our members and seeing how they feel on the courts and how they're playing for them. Um, so yeah, we're you know we're incredibly fortunate that players are very open when you speak to them about the grass and things. They don't play on it for a whole long time throughout the season, so it's always good to get their feedback and just make sure that they're feeling confident on the grass. Given the amount of time and effort uh, you guys pour into uh, the, the turf at, at Wimbledon, uh, Will, does it sort of break your heart a little bit as the tournament goes on and you see uh, the wear and tear from the players, particularly along the baseline there where the grass basically disappears? Does that, is that tough to see after all the effort you've poured in? Um, no, not at all. Um, we're obviously preparing for the championships and we're fully expecting that wear to happen. Um, you know, the the style of tennis has changed from back in the 90s of serve and volley where that way I used to be sort of just at the baseline at the check area and then as a V running into the net to volley the ball back whereas as you say now that wear area is very much um, in sort of that metre around the baseline um, but we're fully expecting that and it's not so much that it um, breaks our hearts or anything like that but we are very conscious of the best way that we can keep those grasses alive in that baseline for as long as possible um, just to make sure that the surface is as safe as possible for the players Are you a tennis fan? Will, you a big fan of the sport? Um, as I say I got into sport following football I was never really a big tennis fan and um, it's one of the things I quite like about being here is that I'm not a massive tennis fan and I don't think many of our team are and it I think that just means that everybody can concentrate on the job at hand. Um, but it would be remiss to say that I don't follow the season now because it's always good to see what players are around. It's nice to see what players' playing styles are so that we know what to expect when they come to the grass. Uh, so definitely following it more now than I ever did. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say it was um, my sport. Who's been your your favourite over the years, or or is there one player that you sort of pick out from from all the years that you've been involved? Will. Um, <clears throat> well, a lot of the players are really nice. Um, as I say, we always get that interaction with them in this week. Um, but somebody like Roger Federer, who you know has been at the top of his game for so long, would always have time for staff. Um, Throughout the years that I've been here, you know, I think when I first started, I think he was winning his second or third Wimbledon at the time. And um, even then, he would he would take time for photos or to chat with staff. Um, and he's always been really humble with everything. Um, but as we've got through, you know, everybody's sort of been um, really good to talk to and really good to get along with. Obviously, Andy Murray, uh, we have quite a, you know, he's a member at the club as well as a professional player. So we'll see him throughout the year. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's hard to pick out one. But if I had to, I'd probably say Federer has been you know, one of the most humble and amiable players that has been around the scene. 
Mm. And just finally, Will, uh, you mentioned that you know your love of sport is sort of what started this whole journey for you. But what is it about um, you know the job that you do that you love so much? You know, is it is it being close to one of the one of the greatest sporting events in the world and being close to those athletes? Is it uh, you know, do you do you like being down close to grass and and mowing it and fertilizing it? Do you do you find it therapeutic? What is it about uh, the job itself that that really appeals to you? Um, yeah, as you say, being in and around sport is obviously huge. That's a massive bonus. Um, but actually, there are a couple of things. The challenge of producing the courts every year um, keeps you driven. Keeps you always looking at. You know what can we do to improve? What can we do to to make this slightly better to get that extra one percent? And that that is a really big driving force. But the team as well. Um, you know, I've been fortunate, as I say, I've been here for seventeen years. I've been fortunate enough to see well over a hundred seasonal staff come and go, and created long term friendships. Uh, I've got friends in uh, Australia and Canada, and um, all over the world who, you know, we're always chatting, we're always talking and it's good to see that they've been a seasonal here but perhaps progressed on. Um, and a good friend of mine who was uh, Serie A Grindsman of the Year last year for Udinese, um, to see him go from a seasonal member of the staff here to um, to doing what he is now is unbelievable. So, you know, that sort of side is is massive as well. And uh, how long are your days over the next uh, two or three weeks, mate? Uh, so we'll be starting at 7.30 um, and potentially play can go on in centre court until 11pm. Uh, and then we'll have an hour of work to do to tidy up the court after. So uh, by the time I've left home, come to work and then got back home I'm probably looking at about four hours sleep a night and then back into work yeah. so they're pretty long days for the next two weeks but it's what we're here for yeah and worth it uh, from our point of view Will all the spectators at home uh, and what we get to see on the TV as well as all the spectators uh, at, at Wimbledon and the players too uh, it is truly one of the one of the greatest surfaces and turfs in the world iconic too so it must be a, a privilege to be involved with it uh, yourself thanks heaps for coming on mate really do appreciate you, you taking the time to join us down here in little old New Zealand uh, enjoy the next couple of weeks and, uh, and try and get a bit of sleep in now while you can thanks for having me Sam what a chat, Sammy. I could hear the smile in your voice all, the whole time because it's grass and lawns and stripes. Yeah, and look, I, I didn't know whether to bother people or, you know, to I might have bored people with, like, the real nitty-gritty of what they do each day. I did actually talk to um, Will about it um, after the piece and I just to quickly surmise so you know in the in the weeks leading up to the to the tournament they they stop watering as much as they should because they want to get the soil really firm it's a real hard balance to get good grass but firm soil so that the ball bounces and the players you know that sort of stuff um, and then during the tournament it's I think he said an early morning mow so they, every court gets a mow once a day during the tournament um, and then they do all sorts of tests um, like they test the moisture level the hardness um, the plant chlorine which is the the green basically in the grass mm. and from there they work out whether they need to mow uh, um, water fertilize etc so it's just an ongoing every day they're testing every day they're adding to it to make it look as good as it is which is yeah just awesome. incredible job yeah. just awesome he's Boy. been there for 17 years just amazing oh i love that story